Welcome to Big Blue Breakdown, Episode 9. It's your host, as always, Matthew Lyle. Back and mediocre as ever. How we all doing? Hope you had a good weekend. It is Monday, May 2nd. Whew, the year is already flying by. We're already chopped deep into the offseason. Football's rearing up. Basketball's ready to roll. And I have really no idea what I'm going to talk about. Um, probably kind of go through a little bit on social media, see what's what's moving the needle as far as discussion. Um, big thing that's been carrying weight this weekend is really the Baylor kid. His name's Baylor. He's not from Baylor. He played at South Dakota State. Uh, I guess he was pretty good. I didn't watch a lot of South Dakota State. I'm sure there's... People out there that can pretend they did, if you want to know more information about that. You know, this, well, first off, <clears throat> if we're going to be realistic, and, I, and, and trust me, I could talk all day about what I want, what I would prefer, but if we're being realistic, it just never really felt like that was going to happen after we got the Reeves commitment. Um, I just, if, if you watch long enough, you feel you, you kind of get a feel, and you just you're not going to get ten to twelve legitimate guys very often. You know we did it in 2015, but that was kind of a unique situation where the class was already kind of filled out, and then guys just decided to return, and it was kind of became this whole, um, you know, let's do this crusade. Then you look at, you know, years like last year where we were really deep, but I mean, you're still you're still Kyle's still only gonna play the six, seven, eight guys maybe. Um, and I know we were we're worried and we were a little nervous with the injuries from last year, but you know, this is what Cal kinda does. For better or worse. I mean, you look at that twenty eleven year, we played six guys over a thousand minutes. The 2012, I think seven guys got legitimate minutes. It's just kind of what he does. It's what he feels comfortable with. So I, you know, I look at this team, and you know, Oscar, you know, I think there's the. I kind of look at this in levels. There's the guaranteed play, right? You know, Oscar's going to get those minutes. Casein Wallace going to get his, you know, get his stuff. Going to get his time, get his uh, opportunity to really develop and, and find his role, and then really Severe Wheeler, <clears throat> love it or not, um, he's kind of a cow guy, gritty defender, point guard. Uh, it just really feels like outside of the obvious John Walls and De'Aaron Foxes, this kind of seems like the second tier of guy that Cal would like. So I think those three are, are your guaranteed minute getters. Then you got the rest of the starters, which early on, I imagine will probably be Reeves and Toppin, just because they're veterans and they're going to show up to camp or show up to fall, um, just kind of ahead of everyone as as far as what the college game is. Um, Livingston probably get a shot in there, but I think at least early on, unless he just comes out the gate, unless Livingston and, and Collins makes like a, a just big leap or is ahead of schedule, I think that'll be the five early guys within 
Livingston and Top or Livingston and Collins being the sixth and seventh guy. Then you have Frederick, you have Ware. I think that's all we have on scholarship now. So I, I just think of that and I just say, where's the, ten, you know, you, we're looking for a 10th guy. And I'm not saying that this Baylor guy would be the 10th guy. I'm just kind of processing it through my head. He's not going to be one through three. I don't even know if he'd be four or five. Like he might come in, if he come in, he would have an opportunity to be the fifth man all the way down to like the eighth man, depending on how everybody else develops. Um, because like it or not, Cal likes those athletic guys. And I'm not saying he's not, but he, he's he's definitely no Collins. He's no Toppins. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say he's not a Livingston as, as far as, you know, just athleticism, defense. I, I don't know, but he, he might be. But I doubt it. So now you're saying, hey, guy, come be five through nine. That's just going to be a tough thing for anyone to want to do. You know, people like to point out guys that maybe did it, you know, 10 years ago or even six, seven, you know, four or five years ago. But it's a different time because you got freshmen do the transfer portal, which I love and, and, and I'll talk about a little bit here. You got, you know, freshmen from the transfer portal or freshmen, freshmen coming from high school who, unless you go really far down that level, you know, start getting guys at the bottom half of the top 100 or outside that top 100. Most guys are going to want to play, so they're either going to go. They're going to go to school that lets them play, and if it's not a big school, they're going to go to a little school, and then they're going to transfer to a big school as they get older. Then you got the transfer portal where you could get some guys, but even then, you're you're going to have to take. It, it's such I almost get a risk because you know these are, you're just looking to build depth, but it's going to have to be somebody that is kind of a project. Because anybody who's transferring, especially if they have, you know, anticipation of playing more, aren't going to say, "Hey, I'm the seventh man here. Let me go be the tenth man over here." It's just not going to happen. Now you might find some guys that are willing to do it. I think the best bet, and and this doesn't, I don't think this really has any kind of on court um, return of investment, if you will. But I think it could give give you depth at least as far as practice goes, and maybe maybe you get lucky with with something. But I think your best bet is Cal go to a guy that not a guy that's picking between you know Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Go even down further. Go to a guy that's like, hey, you can come to Kentucky or you can go to, I don't know, bad school. Like, find a step-up version a little bit higher than probably Brandon Canada. Maybe even Brandon Canada. But just get them early. Let them play. Let them get that year in. And then basically tell them, hey, we're going to treat this like a grad school. You're going to come to Kentucky. You're going to practice versus the best. And then next year... Maybe you can transfer and get the starting gig at, or get a, uh, you know, get a meaningful role at Eastern Kentucky. I know people are probably flipping their shit right now and saying, oh, we don't want that. But that's just what you're going to get when you get to that 10th man. I, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody wants to come. Everybody's like, the, the one that annoys me is, oh, if you don't want to come and compete. It's not about competing. It's about being real with yourself. 
And if you look at yourself and you say, hey, I'm not there yet, well, then you're competing between 7, 8, 9, and 10, and it's not really going to work out for you. So, yes, there is something to be said for wanting to compete and wanting to get better, but there's also something to be said for a little self-awareness. So if you're not, if you're not willing to, because you also don't want that guy. You don't want the guy that's a three-star coming in and saying he's going to start when that's not going to happen. And then he's upset the whole time because he was under false pretenses. So one thing I want to kind of touch on a little bit here is what our fan base is doing. Our fan base, look, it's not been ideal. I get it. You know, the St. Pete the St. Peter's loss, nine and sixteen. It's not ideal. Look, I'm not I'm not here to defend that. I'm not here telling you can't be upset about that. I mean there are certain levels of upsetness that kind of makes you look kinda like an idiot. But you can be upset about that. What happens though is you compound it with your own bullshit. And this is where I think our fan base is spoiled. This is where I think our fan base is entitled. And this is where it doesn't make sense. So if you say, hey, we're Kentucky, we should never go 9-16. and I'll give you that. I mean, it happens. Clearly, it happens. But I'll give you that. If you want to say, hey, we're Kentucky, we should never lose to a 15 seed, I'll give you that. It happens. It happens a lot more here recently, but I'll let that one slide. The ones that I don't get is when we start saying we're Kentucky, we don't, and then go from there. You know, we're Kentucky, we don't. Hold on. Um, okay, hopefully that doesn't sound too crappy. I had to pause it and. I don't know how to edit, so I'm not going to edit it. But anyway, the the one that's like, we're Kentucky, we don't lose at home. Okay, now that's a bit that's a bit out there because now we're talking to a, a thing that there's no magical force. Like, Rupp Arena has no magical powers. Like, if there's not 25,000 people in there chanting their ass off, it, it means nothing. Um. So just things like that. So I, I think when you get your mindset that no one would ever want to leave here, that everyone wants to play here no matter what, that this is the place to be and we have endless money and funds, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And what I mean by that is just some things I've seen over the last, really over the last couple of years, but it's really played here. So first off, what I see a lot of guys do is they will watch a highlight of a, of, a, of a guy or a guy will enter the transfer portal. And look, this guy has no connections of Kentucky whatsoever. So I get it. Like people got upset, got excited about C.J. Frederick. That one made some sense for you to get excited about C.J. Frederick because he was from the state of Kentucky. He would fit a position of need. So that was understandable. But they'll just start, and it don't matter what our roster looks like, I want that guy. I want that guy. I want that guy. And that's one thing. But they invest their head into it so much that they convince themselves that it's facts. 
that it's going to happen and that it's a done deal. And then when it doesn't happen, they it is then played as if they lost something. But they didn't. You were counting your chickens before they hatched. You were counting your salary before you even got the job. So if you say, hey, that guy's a done deal, it's happening, because in my head it makes so much sense, how could it not happen? You, I, I guess you can be bummed when it doesn't happen, even though I, I don't, I would argue how much you could truly be upset about it. You can't then consider that something negative on the university. That's the part that gets ridiculous. And so when you start compounding that, it makes everything look worse. So yeah, we've not had the best run here over the last two years. Even though I'd argue that at points this season, it felt great. We were back on top, and it just happened to be a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of misfortune that that the loss to St. Peter's butts up right to the 9-16 season. That is, that is definitely unfortunate. But to say we have the worst luck because we get an injury for a guy that you deem important when every team has a guy get injured that their fan base deems important. Or when you make up your mind that we're getting a guy and he goes somewhere else, that's not continued bad luck. I don't, I don't care what you say. If you create this perfect scenario and that doesn't happen, that's on you. And I'm, I'm going with, if you, even if you step back even further, the whole cow tenure. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, we should make a Final Four every four years. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you should ever expect to make a Final Four. And I just don't. It's too hard to do in, in this college game. It's too hard to do. You could say whatever you want. It's just too difficult to do. Got to win all those games in a row. Multiple weekends. Just just too hard to do. Elite Eight, I'll give you. If you say, oh, we should make Elite Eight, I'll give you that. Because that gives you, you just got to win three games. Two of them probably aren't against the best opponents. And then you got to go out there against probably a four or five seed and get it done. I'll give you that. But anything after that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Especially you start adding every you know stipulations to it every four years, every five years. Uh, because you're going to be let down. If you say we should... Even... And I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Even if you say we should average a final four years, a final four every four years, that's a stretch. But to say that, like clockwork, because in my life, you know, 96, 97, 98 was a great run. And then it stopped. Then it was 13 years. 11, 12, 14, 15, great run. But now it stopped. Now it's in that law. And it goes further than that. I mean, 93 to 96, yeah, that wasn't that long. But 92 to, what, 84? You know, 84 to 78 was still over that four years. You know, 75 to 66, then 66 to 58. Like, I mean, you're just... And now we're back to the beginning of, of really the tournament. And... That's really the only place that it, up until 
probably 58, and even then there was more than a four-year gap, but once you get past 58, it's kind of a wild shot. So I don't know. I just think our fan base set themselves up for such failure because they just want, I get it, but you just gotta, you just gotta relax. It's not gonna happen. Uh, we also lost Jay Lucas to Duke. That one didn't bother me as much. I get it. Look, it's not ideal. It's not, it's not the greatest thing I've ever heard. Now, it probably will start a little bit that I don't view Duke as this how dare he type thing. But at a certain point, and we all know this, right? We all we all have personal endeavors and personal relationships where you know, hey, this just isn't going to work. This is no different. From what I heard, and I don't have any sources, but from what I heard on social media, if you go there, it's there. That and, and it makes sense. Checks out. Like you look at it, you're like, oh, it checks out. It Cal seems to be more. I will take the two to three best guys I can get in the from freshmen. And then I'll fill the rest with transfer portals and investing some time in guys who came back. And the crazy thing, that's what we wanted. Go back to the John Wall time. That's what our fans wanted. I've heard for for years, I don't have a problem with John Wall or Anthony Davis going pro. It's the other guys. So now we just seem to be focused on the the top guys we can get and then letting veterans be everywhere else. From everything that I read out there, Jay Lucas wants to be more old school Cal, hit the recruiting trail, offer scholarships to, to anybody out there that's worthy, and then just sit back and collect the talent. Because that does seem to be the route Duke is taking now. Duke hasn't really been that active in the transfer portal. From what I've seen, they may get a couple guys here, but it's not like they're trying to build around it. And it's cool. I mean, it is what it is. Cal's going this route. And, And that's the interesting thing about where we're at now. Where we're at now with the transfer portal and with the name image likeness is, for better or worse, when Cal first got here, he had one plan. Give me the best that I can get from high school, and I'll make it work. Well, now it's not that simple anymore. Now there's a lot of good talent out there. Now, do you still hit the recruiting trail and, and try to get the best you can? I'm sure you do. But also, do you look inside your own locker room and start trying to finagle and, and aim a little name image likeness and hope to uh, keep guys returning and, and get a guy like a sophomore Damian Collins and uh, Lance Ware, who's a junior, and a guy like Oscar to come back. And then you got the transfer portal. Well, there's going to be some great talent in there, but even then, that comes with its own choices. Do you take a guy from a small school who's averaged a lot but hasn't had a lot of winning success? Or do you take a guy who's won a lot, made it pretty far in the tournament, but maybe only averages seven, eight points a game? I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to build a team. The only thing is, you're going to have to be understanding with it because you're not going to be able to get it all. We're not going to be able to, because I see see everybody complaining from every point. You know, why is Cal not getting Bryce Hopkins back? Why did Cal let this player leave? Why did Cal let that player leave? But then at the same time, I see fans saying, why aren't we offering these 10 kids? 
And at the same time, why aren't we reaching out to everyone in the transfer portal? Because, you know, you can see those things now where you're like, this kid's in the transfer and he's heard from these list of schools. And if Kentucky's not, well, what's Cal doing? Well, Cal can't do it all. And maybe that'll be his downfall. Maybe that'll be the problem with this is that Cal will try to do a little bit of everything and, and it just ends up not working. But you can't convince eight, nine guys to return. At the same time, handing out 20 scholarships to high school kids and also reach out to every single player who enters the portal. You just can't do it. But when you're at Kentucky, you got to get the best of the best. Okay, fair enough. But you get to a point where you don't know what that looks like. Is there a, is the, is there a freshman who's better than sophomore Damian Collins? Or better than sophomore Bryce Hopkins? Or better than anything in the transfer portal? You can have your own theory now, but that, that theory doesn't mean shit until the season's over and we say, oh yeah, good thing we didn't go that route. Or too bad we didn't go that route. I just think it's it's tough to do, and everyone sets themselves up because we got these we got younger dudes, and, and look, I have no problem with it. I've, the the younger guys seem to have a little bit more level head than a lot of the older fans, so that is what that is. But they they really follow that recruiting, right? They want that they want this kid that's an up and comer. He's a sophomore, but he's flying up the charts. And then there's people who's like, hey, let's really invest in you know this guy over here. I watched him. When I watched 9,000 basketball games last year, I watched him at Southern Illinois, and he killed it. Then you got the old heads that's like, oh, I'm just getting the four-year guys. You're just not, you're not going to get it all. But you just have to realize that you can't be disappointed when it doesn't happen because we're getting something, right? We're, we're getting a version of, and, and as long as we're, this is the thing, as long as we are Kentucky, and as long as we do have Cal, we are going to get something comparable. Now, is it going to be a minute difference? Or maybe it'd be a little bit of a noticeable difference with a guy um, when he goes to a school and kills it? But there's no guarantee that he would have killed that here. So, remains to be seen with the roster. I'm going to swing over to the football side a little bit. We had some guys get drafted. Uh, Wandale was the first to get drafted, gone to the Giants hate it for him, kind of. Now, I know the Giants organization, the Giants fans seem, some of the fans seem pretty thrilled about it. I was kind of hoping, since he wasn't going to go on the first, that he would just fall to a contender and get to really make some noise with, you know, the Buccaneers or the Chiefs or, you know, even the Cardinals with an up-and-coming offense, even though, you know, they made their own particular noise. Uh, Josh Paschal went to Detroit. Um, I think it's a good fit. Just in the sense that he's going to play. And he's going to play for a guy like Dan Campbell. And that one's not as much... That one's not as important. You know, Randall Cobb, when he went went to Green Bay, had Aaron Rodgers, it was awesome. You know, Lynn Bowden wasn't as lucky, had some injuries, hasn't quite worked out as well for him. But for our defensive guys, they have seemed to be able to go to mediocre to bad organizations and just... Still be all right. I mean, Josh Allen's making all kinds of noise down in Jacksonville, and we've had a run of linebackers who've gone to, you know, less than maybe ideal teams, and it's worked out. So I think that one will be fine. Uh, Luke Fortner went to Jacksonville. That one's tough to be seen, too, because how those teams handle their offense, that's typically the first thing to go when they replace because they got a guy like Trevor Lawrence. 
So it'll be interesting to see about how he plays. And I'm trying to see Darren Kennard went to Kansas City. That, to me, am shocked that he fell that far. And I think he will be like the perfect situation. Aside from the falling that far, and, and maybe that's good to an extent because it kind of lowers the expectations around you and it kind of gives you a superhero story. Now, it does suck if you struggle because they're like, dude, you're a fourth rounder and it cost him some money. But it's it does kind of gives him a little less expectations. And if he really starts to, to turn it on, they be like, hey, this guy was a fourth rounder. Um, but he's going to Kansas City. Uh, you know, you got that offense. You got a, a good offensive mind in uh, Andy Reid. And it seems as if he's kind of been open to, you know, cycling out some offensive linemen to protect uh, Mahomes. So hopefully that works out well for him. A couple guys went, un, uh, went undrafted. And I'd be honest with you, I don't know where they signed. Uh, Dare Rosenthal was probably the biggest shock to me. Not a scout, not an inside man by any means. But just, I mean, he came, he got the size, he came from LSU, had the hype, had the size. As far as I know, didn't really disappoint. I mean, at least anything I've seen, he didn't seem like a liability. Um, but you know how them GMs get. They get to watching that tape for 9,000 hours, and they're like, ah, this guy's pinky toe didn't dig in right. So who knows? Um, but congrats to them guys. Hope they, um, you know, make the best of it. Hope everything goes well. Long, good, long, healthy careers for everyone. Even, you know, somebody like Wondell, who is going to a, a less than stellar organization with a less than stellar offense. Hope they make something of it and, uh, you know, just have great careers. Moving on to our last segment where we... Pulse of the fan base. I will be going through Twitter here, reading. This is my version of calls. I don't take calls if I did. Even if I could, I wouldn't. Um, just going to read through here. Not a lot going on. Uh, my Twitter's been kind of all over the place. Um, there's just been a lot going on. Um, mainly in the sense that, like, a lot that I want to get into. Or like as far as like I'm not reading this fucking book. Like you write tw- use all your characters. I'm not reading it. Zan Payne did enter the portal. I don't think that's a surprise. His dad got the job at Louisville, so um, I don't I don't think that's any shock. And I'd be surprised if he goes anywhere but there, unless he really wanted to go somewhere where he could play um, right away. Uh, not a. Not a lot of chit-chat. Thought I could get in here to some of these. Um, uh, yep. All right, well, hey, that's it. That's that's all the show of the day. I'm uh, just trying to get back in the, the um, cycle of recording, so appreciate anybody who gives us a listen. Not, like I said, it's off-season, so it's kind of a, a difficult time to build. And I'll probably talk about the same thing a lot. But uh, that's it. We're out. That's about 28 minutes, so yeah, good time to end it. Peace.